Welcome everyone to the Olavei Torah Daf Yomi Shur. Today's Shur is Daf Nun Bet. We will begin on Nun Aleph Amud Bet at the bottom of the page. The words Amar Abayet. Today's Daf is available. Contact Mr. Ralph Seton for opportunity to sponsor the Daf. Okay. It says the Gemara. We're quoting the Mishnah. We said Bekohenet Hadin Medinatech. There's a difference whether a person whose wife is captured, if she's if he's a Kohen or he's a Yisrael, he's Yisrael, a person's obligated to write in the Ketubah that you'll bring her back and stay married to her. Whereas if the guy is a Kohen, he writes in the Ketubah that he'll bring her back to her country because he's not allowed to stay with her once she's captured. Amar Abayah, the Gemara says, quotes Abayah. Amar Kohen Gadol. We have a question. In our case, of the Mishnah, you have a, a lady was captured. She was mutar to her husband as a Kohen, but then she was captured because she became Asur, so therefore he has to redeem her, but he brings her back to her country. What happens if the girl was never allowed to marry him in the first place? Does he still have to redeem her? For example, Almanala Kohen Gadol. If a Kohen Gadol marries a widow, he wasn't supposed to do that. Now she gets captured by pirates. Does he have to redeem her? Do we say, yes, you do. So we, we're telling you, yes, you do. Shani Koleba, because we could call about this lady, the same way by uh, the wife of a Kohen, where he can't remarry her because she got captured. Still, he has to redeem her and return her to her country and her father's house. So, too, when a Kohen Gadol illegally marries, an almana, he should have to redeem her, says Abaya, and return her to the father's house. Because just like we see that there's a type of obligation to return to the father's house, we'll assume that the almana, although it's an illegal marriage, but it's a valid marriage, should have to return to her father's house. Mamzeret. But on the other hand, if you have a case of a mamzeret, untina al where you have a Yisrael marrying mamzeret untina, she'en anikreba v'otmina l'ilintu, then you're not chayav to return because by Yisrael, since he doesn't have the obligation to return to return his wife ever to her father's house, because Yisrael either he takes her back to his house or not at all. Therefore, here it's going to be a not at all, and you don't have to redeem her. That's Abaye's opinion. Rav Amar kol sheisur gorem la chayav l'ftota, and isur davar acher gorem la en chayav l'ftota. So. Rava disagrees about any case. He says, a person is never chayav to redeem even Amanala Kohen Gadol. If so, how could Rava explain the case of uh, a Kohen whose wife was captured? Over there, the captivity is what caused her to be Asur. That's why I have to redeem her. But in the case where something else was causing her to be Asur, namely in our case, the fact that he's not allowed to marry Amanah, over there, he doesn't have to do according to Rava. So again, Machlok at Rava and Abaya, whether or not Amanal Kohen Gadol needs to redeem her. Let's assume it's Machlok at Ishto, a person who uh, promised, who says that his wife is not going to have any Hana'a from him. Vinish beat, and then she gets captured by pirates. says he still has to redeem her. Then you have to divorce her and give her the ketubah because you can't, she can't benefit from you, so you have to divorce her. 
You give the ketubah and you do not redeem it. Amram Natan, Sha'alti Tsumchus. So Natan says, I asked Tsumchus. When Rishua says that you don't have to redeem her and you shouldn't redeem her, is that if the if the the promise that you're not having any benefit of her came first and then she got captured, or or maybe even if you promised after she got captured, maybe uh, maybe in that case also. A person has to uh, not redeem his wife. And he says, I don't know the answer. But I think because I think it's only when the Nedir came first and then she got captured. Because if you say it, if in that case, people can make a mistake. A person whose wife gets captured and doesn't want to redeem her will just will, will, will make a sketch and he'll just. He'll just uh, make a promise not to have Hana'a, and then, that, that'll ha- and then he'll, he won't redeem her. Now, that's the end of the Brighton. Now, now, we're assuming that the case over here is talking about a Kohen who said he doesn't want to have Hana'a from his wife. And therefore, since he has to redeem her, even in a case where he can't keep her as a wife. A Kohen has a rule that he has to bring her back even if he can't take her as a wife. Because if she gets captured, he can never take her back as a wife and he has to bring her back to her father's house. So since we see that a Kohen could do that, that's why, um, according, therefore, Abaya holds like a Be'eliezer, who says that a Kohen has to redeem his wife even when it's a different Isur, because over here it's a different Isur. The Isur over here is, the Isur over here is, the Isur of a Neder, the guy made a Neder. And therefore Abayah says, oh, the reason why you have to redeem your wife, or he goes like Rabbi Eliezer, who says you have to redeem your wife, and, and the reason why you have to redeem your wife is that not only when the reason why she's, Asur to you is the captivity, but even if the reason is something else, for example, that she's a Manalukoing at all, or that you made a neder, even so, you still have to redeem her anyway. And Rabbah, the Amakabishua, Rabbah holds like a Bishua, that there is no business that a Kohen is only obligated if a Kohen is only obligated if the reason why she's Asur is the captivity. But if the reason was a different reason, then not obligated. And that fits well. Why Abaya says that you have to redeem her, and Rabbi says you don't. Law, Rabbi says no. Hachamaya skinan, really here the kokmek gochinadre ihi, vikaimlahu, remarks that it could be we're talking about here, and maybe she made the hana'a. She made the, 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 the neder, and he kept up the neder. And therefore, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi says, that means that he, the husband, stuck his finger into her mouth for her to bite. That's a mashal, which means that since he caused her to need to be divorced, because he uh, didn't knock off the neder, therefore, he says he has to redeem her. Okay? 
And Rishua, who says you don't have to redeem her, he says that no, she did it to herself because she made the she made the promise. So the question, so according to this answer, we want to say that really, really, we're talking here about a case where she made the neder, and the machloket between the two tanaim. Is whether or not we look at this neder that she made and he didn't knock off as his problem or her problem. If it's her problem, then he doesn't have to redeem her. And if it's his problem because he didn't knock it off, then he does have to redeem her. So if we're saying that she stuck her finger in her mouth to bite off, why would she get? Why would she get a ketubah? Because we said over here that she gets a ketubah. Why would we mention Ketubah if she's the one who did it? So it can't be. But two, another question. In the end of the bright that says, and when Rishua said this, his thing, was he talking about when the Neder was first and then they get captured, or they get captured and then there's a Neder? And the rabbi says, I don't know. And if we're talking about she made the Neder, then of course it can't be. It doesn't make a difference whether she did it before or afterwards. Either way, it's her Neder, not his Neder. We can't worry that maybe she did it to get him out of it, and therefore it doesn't make sense. Don't, don't give me these, we have two reasons why you can't give me this answer that's talking about she made the net. El Olam really the cases that he made the net, right? Abai will answer his way, and Rav will answer his way. When it comes to really everyone agrees with me that you have to redeem her. And when says everyone agrees, you don't have to redeem her. But by the case of a guy who made it, who who made a neder on his wife, who's a kohen. Everyone agrees that he has to redeem her. Because it's the same thing as But what's the argument? The argument between the two talim is when an eshet sale does it. Rabbi Eleazar goes after the beginning of the Tanai, and therefore, since at the time of the marriage, you could back out and redeem it after she, and uh, make it work after, after he redeems her. Therefore, the Tanai works, and he's chayav to redeem her. And Rishua says, he goes by the, by the time of the Kiyama tonight. And therefore, since now he has to divorce her because of the Nether, therefore, we don't go with the Tanai. So in other words, the question is, we look at the Tanai, the Tanai was that he's going to get her and bring her back to the country. Right? Now, in the Eshek Yisrael, at the beginning of the Tanai, when he made the Tanai, he's going to bring her back to, and be his wife. So, uh, when he made the Tanai, she could have came back to be the wife. When she got captured at the end, she could have come back to be the wife. Do we look at the beginning, when she could come back, and then you have to redeem her? Or do we look at the, the end, when, when she actually got captured, and then he could have redeemed her? That's the way 
Abayu will explain the Machloket. But he, really, Abayu will say, everyone holds like me, that Amalekah and Gadol has to be redeemed. And here, the question is, do we say, we go by the beginning of the Tanai, when, meaning when you wrote the Ketubah, and then, if you go by the beginning of the Tanai, then he has to redeem her, because the beginning of the Tanai, there was no, there was no nether, and therefore he would definitely have to get her back. Or do we go by the end of the, uh, the end of the marriage, where at that point there was already a nether in place, and then he wouldn't have, wouldn't be able to redeem her? According to Rava's way of reasoning, whenever you have a different isur, everyone agrees that you don't have to redeem her. Keep but the machloket is in the in the case of Nedir, do we go by the beginning or we go by the end? But when you go by Amalekoin Gadol, where it's, it's a universal, it goes straight through. There, there's no machloket that you don't have to redeem it. That's how Rava will explain. Now we quote the Mishnah. Mishnah says that if she's captured, he has to redeem her. Now, not always. There are going to be some exceptions to the rule. Sometimes you don't have to redeem her when she's captured. Tanu Rabbanan, we learned to the Brayta. If she gets captured while her husband's alive, then the husband dies. Right? If the husband realized it, meaning he realized she was captured, and therefore, as soon as he realizes she was captured, then he has to redeem her, and then he dies. Then his his heirs, his sons, even if they're from a different marriage and this is not their mother, they still have to redeem her. They're stuck. They're going to have to redeem her because since their father had an obligation before he died, they, they inherit that obligation to have to redeem her. If the husband never knew that she was captured and then he died, and then come, you heard she was captured two weeks ago, but the husband was alive while she was captured, but he didn't know about it. Since the husband never knew about it, once the, the husband doesn't know about it, so the chiyuv didn't come. And then once he died, the heirs do not have to redeem their stepmother. It's not their problem. The whole Jewish community has to do it, but not necessarily them. It Levi wanted to follow this Mishnah. Because uh, there was a story that a husband who died after the, after the husband found out about it, and he wanted to make them pay. So Rav told Levi, this is what Rabbi told me. We don't hold that like to Brayta. We go by, we go by the different Brayta, which says, Any time a woman dies after, after the husband dies, if the woman gets captured after the husband dies, then they don't have to redeem her. Even if they, she gets captured while the husband is alive, and then the husband dies, and the husband dies, because this writer says, since the, the only reason why he has to redeem her is because of the Tanai Kedubah, the condition of the Kedubah, and the condition, the words of the condition of the Kedubah are that I will redeem you and bring you back to me to being my wife. That's only true when you can come back and be my wife. But when the husband's dead and he can't come back and be, be the wife of it, she can't come back and be the wife of a dead man. So therefore, the stepsons are not obligated to redeem their stepmother because uh, you can't come back and be the, be, the, be the wife. And therefore, it's obligation of all clients sale, not necessarily them. 
Another case where is an exception is, let's say she's captured and they want double her price, which means, or triple or 10 times the price. For example, let's say on the regular state market, this girl is worth $1,000 and they want $10,000. Now, the first time they capture her, he has to redeem her anyway, even at 10 times. From here on in, if he wants to redeem her, if he doesn't redeem her, why? He doesn't even have to pay her at all. Not even for the regular value. So it's up to her. The second time, it's up to them, up to them if they want to pay. It's up to him if he wants to redeem her. That's according to Tanakhama. Rashbag Gomer turned the page. He has a general rule that no matter what, nothing to do with this girl, we will never redeem a captive more than the value because it'll, once you start raising the prices for Jewish people, it'll end up people will always look to um, kidnap Jewish people because you get much more money. And therefore, in order that no one should kidnap people, we do not redeem them if they want more than the regular value in the marketplace. But either way, in this story, we see that the only thing that stops them from redeeming her is if they want more money. But it sounds like they have, if they want the actual value, it sounds like you have to redeem her even if it's more than the Kitubah, which means even if the Kitubah only has 200 still, and they want a Redeemer at 1000 but it sounds like if 1000 is a real price, you have to redeem her, even though it's more than $200. Even if the guy divorces her, you don't only pay 200 Yes, but if she's captured, it costs you 1000 Let me divorce her. You can't divorce her now. It's too late. Viraminu will ask a contradiction. I'll show you that we don't pay more than the divorce. It says in the writer, if she got captured and they want more than 10 times her price, no, sorry, 10 times the price of the Kitubah, which means if they want, if her Kitubah was 200, they want 2,000. The first time, the first time you have to do it, and afterwards it's up to you. Rashbag says, but he says that if it was the amount of the Ketubah, then you have to redeem her, and if not, you don't have to redeem her. So it sounds like if it's up to the Ketubah, you have to pay, even if it's, and before we made it sound like, if it's even, if it's the right price, you have to pay more than the Ketubah, and here, it sounds like if it's more than the Ketubah, you don't have to pay, make up your mind. He says, well, no. Rashbag, Trey he holds a boat, he holds the Kula, you never have to go more than the Ketubah, and you never have to go more than the value. Both of them he agrees with. Now we mentioned the Gemara. Lakta, in the, in the Mishnah. Lakta, if she got sick, he has to pay for it. Gets her parnasa from the, the properties of the orphans, which means part of the Ketubah, is that while she's a widow, she gets to stay in her home. And as long as she's a widow, she gets supported from the money that the Yutomim had. And any time she, ha- the, the, she has any medical needs, that's part of the Mizonot. And they have to, they have to pay it. Rashbag says, 
She'en like la harem with mizonot. So there's a question. So Rashbag says no. It's your, if it's a refuah that has a set amount you have to pay, which means there's a certain amount of money you need for one surgery and then you're done, then you take it money and it goes from the ketubah. She'en la ketubah, but if it's something that's an ongoing thing, that you always have to pay for insulin, it's like mizonot, and then you get paid automatically. In Israel, people always needed um, bloodletting, and therefore over there, it's like a fuah, and you'll always have to pay, you can't take it from the ketubah. Why? Because since it's something that's uh, an ongoing thing in Israel, therefore, uh, you, can't, you can't take it from the ketubah. There was a, a stepmother of a bunch of Rabbi Yochanan's relatives who these guys were paying out of their money for the, for the medical needs of their stepmother who's, who, whose husband had passed away, their father had passed away. They came from Rabbi Yochanan, they asked what to do. Amalahu told them, Go to a doctor and get a price to take care of her for the rest of her life. And this way, you'll make it into a one-time thing. And when you make it into a one-time thing, then you can take it from the Ketubah. Rabbi Yochanan said about himself, he's not unhappy about himself, that he made himself like a lawyer. Why is he giving them what to say? That they're going to tell them this idea that if you make it a set price, you can take it out of the Ketubah. Why is he telling them it's ot? He shouldn't he should be even-handed. Well, what did he think in the beginning when he gave him the advice? And what, what did he, why did he change his mind that he's upset that he gave him this advice? In the beginning, he said, let me help them because they're my relatives. And there's a rule that a person should not ignore his relatives. Therefore, I should tell them the right thing to say. Tell them that they should... Tell them that they should do that. They should make it a one-time, one-time charge. This way, you could charge a kitubah. In the end, he says that Adam Hashuv has to be careful, and he can't look like he's biased to one side. Says the Mishnah. Okay, one of the things of the kitubah is that. Uh, if in the Kedubah, if the wife has a son with the new husband, then halacha is that uh, they have the right to inherit her Kedubah, which means, let's say the girl gets married and the husband grants her Kedubah of a million dollars. Now, then, now, if the husband dies first, she gets the million dollars. The husband divorces, she gets the million dollars. If she dies first, the husband inherits all her money, and that's it. But there's a halakha that if she dies first, then... When the husband dies, the halakha is that, let's say, the, the girl had a million dollars that the husband never paid because uh, she died first. Now, the husband dies and he leaves a $6 million estate to his six sons. One of the sons is her son. 
The five sons are from a previous wife, and one of the sons is her sons. According to this condition in the Ketubah, the, this particular son that's from that girl who had a million dollar ketubah, he gets a million dollars off the top. And then the next five million dollars gets split by all the six kids. Because that's part of the ketubah, that the, the son will inherit when his father dies the amount that was in the mother's ketubah. Okay. Now, there's another tagline. Any girls who are born for me have the right to sit in my house and get parnasa from my properties until they get taken to their husbands. And even if you didn't write that in the Ketubah, Chayav, Chayav, anyway, because it's a conditional betting. Okay? If I die, the guy writes in the Ketubah, you will sit in my house and you'll get Mizanot from my Menechasim. As long as you stay a widow and you don't get remarried. Because it's a condition of Betin. That's what the people in Galilee would do. like Yushalayim. But the people would write, until the the inheritors want to give you a ketubah. So there's a difference between the way they write the ketubah in Yehuda and Galil, I'm sorry, in Galil and Yushalayim, and the way they would write in Yehuda. In Galil and Yushalayim, it's up to her to decide how long she wants to stay in the house. And no one could stop her. In the place of Yehuda, then the, the kids have the choice either to let her stay in the house or to take to send her out with the Ketubah. Why did the rabbis make this rule about the, her, that her male sons are going to inherit the Ketubah? Because we want people to write a Night, give a lot of money and stuff to their daughters so people will marry them. And the way we get him to do that is if he knows that his grandchildren are going to inherit him, he loves his grandchildren. He doesn't want to give stuff to his son-in-law, but he loves his grandchildren. So if we know, if we know that, if the guy knows that the stuff he gives his daughter is not just going to the other side, his grandchildren are going to get it because after he dies, then he'll be happy to give it to them because a person loves his grandchildren. Is there a case that the Torah says that the son should inherit and the daughter doesn't inherit? And the Chachamim are going to come and say the daughter should inherit? Why would we do this? Why are we trying to do something where we see that the daughter is going to inherit something? The daughter is not going to inherit something. And the Chachamim are going to come and make her inherit something? Why are we over here, are we saying that we, the Chachamim are trying to get the girl to have, to have the father give her money for a dowry? Why are we saying that? Why is that important? Mara says, no. Hanami Doraiti. It's also Doraita that you're supposed to try to give your daughter money. Why? Because it says, Kechun Hashim in Yirmiyah told the people in generation, marry wives and have children and sons and daughters and take 
wives for your sons, and take husbands for your daughters. Bishnamibanim, I understand that you could take wives for your sons, because your sons are in your hands, and it's the, it's the job of a son to look after, to look to find a wife, and therefore, you can send them to go find a wife. Is it up to him how to marry his daughter off? He, the, the daughter can't go looking for a husband, so how is he supposed to get a husband for her? Must be, from the fact that we still told you to marry husbands for your daughter, must be that there is an obligation to make your daughter attractive for marriage. And therefore, Kamashman, that you have to dress her and cover her and give her the things that she needs. You should give her the things that she needs that someone would want to marry her. Ve'ad kama, how much should a person give to his daughter so someone should want to marry him? Up to one-tenth of his money. Maybe we should say that since the reason is in order that the father should write a good nidunya, maybe we should say that only the father's stuff she should inherit. But the Baal, but the husband's stuff, which is the extra stuff that comes from the husband, then she shouldn't inherit. We should say, in other words, why are we saying that the sons should inherit the part that's coming from the husband? There's two parts in the Ketubah. Some part that the woman is bringing in a dowry that goes in the Ketubah, that, that it makes sense that, that the grandson should inherit because... After all, that, that's going to cause the father to give a nice dowry. But the stuff that comes from the husband, like the 100 or 200, then the kid shouldn't, shouldn't have to inherit it because there's no point. Says the Gemara. If if the son's not getting the rest of the ketubah, the father will not will not want to give his son daughter anything because no one else is giving them. Maybe we should say that if the father gives a big nidunya, then we'll give the 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 two hundred as an extra to his son from her in order to help the father come through. But if the father doesn't come through, and maybe we shouldn't put it on the son, the Gemara says not necessarily. Because we have to do the same law by everything. Law plug Rabbanan. Now the Gemara wants to know, Bat ben Abanim, if there's a daughter among the sons, when the woman has no son, she only has daughters. But the guy has daughters sons from another place. So you have a guy with two wives. His first wife, he had sons, and the second wife, he had only a daughter. And he said, Terut, Nami Terut, maybe she also should inherit. Same answer, the rabbis do not. Sorry. The rabbis make it like Yerusha. And therefore, the woman does not get with the husband. Just so therefore, here too, the woman, just like a, a regular daughter, who's together with her brothers inherits nothing, so too this daughter with her other brothers, her step or her half-brothers, also will not get anything 
for for her children when a father dies. But Benabanotirot, what if there's a daughter among other daughters? So the means that the, the the second wife had only one daughter, the first wife had two daughters. Do we say that it needs fixing? What do we do? So the more answer is no. Low pilgrim, the rabbis don't make a difference. And therefore, a girl only when she's an only girl. Why doesn't she also get metaltin? The rabbis make it like a tuba that you only get it from the, from the karka. Why can't she take the ketuba from, some, from someone who already bought it? Why can't she use the ketuba as a lean? Yirtun means. We write in the ketuba the word yirtun, which indicates that it has to be like Yerusha and not that you have to collect it from the Lekuchot. Okay, we're going to stop over here at the words. Ve'ema afagavdi v'leka motar dinah.